Like vultures feeding on a dead carcass, the music industry has been scavenged and nothing else is left except its bones. And even then, those bones have been used in a broth. In other words, there's almost nothing left about the music industry that hasn't been turned upside down, opened up, analyzed, criticized, exposed, discussed, and discarded. Most people can read about what it's like being in a band from a myriad of autobiographies, biographies, compendiums, anthologies, photo books, and walk away with a pretty close facsimile of the real experience. But that's only the part of the real experience that's in focus, under the lights, and in the public eye. Critics like to appear to be experts in the field of music. Some adapt an even loftier air than the egomaniacal subjects they like to poke fun at. But no matter how easily they can roll out a band's discography or pontificate on the history of some iconic musical pioneer, they will never ever know the feeling it truly is to be in a touring band, night after night after night. Sure, they can write about their crazy weekend with whatever band they're hitched to, but their brief visit soon ends, and they are back home in front of their keyboard while the band trudges onward out on the road. And while the focus and the most fun happens under the lights on stage, the true experience of touring in a band happens in between the lines. These are the fleeting moments that are hard to catch, hard to describe. They happen quietly, off stage, without words, but understood and shared by every single touring band. Now, as hard as it is to describe, I'm going to try to describe it here. One of the most common yet hardly ever discussed experiences of touring life are the first moments when you and your camp meet the band and the crew that you will be touring with for the next several days, weeks, or months. When the tour is glamorous and expensive and gigantic, sometimes these camps don't even meet. But the lower you go on the totem pole, the closer the quarters are that the bands have to live within, sometimes literally on top of one another. If there's a shared past, these moments are easier and smoother and can be more like a friendly reunion. But if the bands have never met, this moment is much like a blind date, where you've seen the other person's profile but are still cautious and suspicious of one another. And of course, the relations are different depending on whether you're headlining the tour or opening the tour. Whenever we've been the openers on a tour, we know our place as guests, and we do not make any assumptions or take any liberties. This has ingratiated us with bands and crews over the years, and it's the respectful approach to take. When we're headlining a tour, we try to make the opening band feel at home, especially if it's a band that we personally invited on the tour. They are our guests, and we want them to know we want them to be here. However, this isn't as smooth as it sounds. Often tours are packaged together that are the results of cashed-in residual favors drawn up in back rooms, and 99% of the time, these packages mushed together do not work. In fact, it ends up becoming a war of a tour between battling factions. 
There was one time we were saddled on a package tour with a band where the singer took an immediate dislike to me before even meeting me. Fortunately, there was another band on the tour that hated this person, and the two of our bands bonded together in solidarity. I still made an effort, however, to say hello to him every day I'd see him. And finally, on day nine of the tour, he said hello. It didn't matter much. He turned out to be such a pompous asshole. Another time, an opening band of ours went over their set time. And when they were told by our crew to finish their set, the lead singer turned around and yelled, fuck off. (laughs) Two bands that are prime examples of the inflated egos and entitled dickheads that are rampant in the music biz. Haven't heard much from both those bands in quite some time. Wish I could tell you who they were here, but you know, I really can't. I got to take the high road. But going back to when bands want to tour with each other and are fans of each other's bands, then you have the makings of an incredible tour, the kind of tour you dream about. When we were asked to tour with the Backyard Babies in 2001, it was because Dragon had seen our band and dug our band. We shared a bus, and I still consider that tour to be one of my most memorable and favorite of all tours. We became friends for life on that tour. Now, when we headline, we take bands out whose albums we love and hope to God that's enough of a common ground to get along. So far, we've been pretty right on the money and have had great tours with Admiral Sir Cloudsley Shovel, Bombus, Judah, The Biters, Dead Lord, 77. And just this past month, we finished two and a half weeks with the one and only Audrey Horn from Bergen, Norway a five-piece hard rocking outfit that gave us a run for our money every night. Even though they revel in the majesty of rock and roll, within the ranks, some members bring with them esteemed metal credibility. Guitarist Thomas Tofthagen is a member of SOG. Arve Isdal, or Icedale, the other guitar player in the band, is a member of Enslaved. And Thomas, Arve, and bassist Espen Lien all together spent two years as Paul Diano's backing band throughout Norway and Poland. We asked Audrey Horn to tour with us a few years back, but because of Icedale's duties in Enslaved, they couldn't do it. Finally, it happened, but even with both our bands wanting this tour to happen, the proverbial ice needed to break. When it shortly did, the tour went off without a hitch, and this has been one of the greatest tours we've done in recent years. So, to mark it, I felt it necessary to bring singer Torkshil Red, or Toshi as everyone calls him, onto the podcast to shoot the shit and commemorate the tour with an episode. Tours are all about playing live, promoting your latest record, but they're also about meeting and getting to know people, people you like and respect what they do. So here you have a conversation that reflects most of the conversations that were had during this tour. We started talking about KISS, but eventually moved on to other subjects, especially one that I've never really gone on record talking about, tattoos. Toshi being a tattoo artist by day, was the perfect person with whom to start a discussion. I want to thank Blue Mic Microphones and Skull Candy Headphones for supporting the podcast. 
Thanks to you for taking time to listen to the podcast. And if you haven't already, please leave a rating or a review on iTunes. This helps the podcast's profile and lets everyone know how popular the podcast is and lets me rub other people's noses in it. (laughs) Okay, let's start. Here we go. Toshi of Audrey Horn is this episode's guest on the official Danko Jones podcast, and it starts now. The Tango Jones podcast is the best around. Nick Lennon is Tango's co host. Hello for free. I'm so glad I like to sometimes. Jimmy in from Fuck Top. Stop playing Hang Toe Toe. There's only one podcast to listen to in this world. And that's the Tango Jones podcast. Don't be a dick. Don't be The Danko Jones Podcast is simply superb, splendidly fine, wonderfully wild, very divine. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready, because the Danko Jones Podcast starts... Toshi, it's good to talk to you. Likewise, man. We've been talking about doing this for the last week, I think. Yeah, we have. How's the tour going for you? Well, it's it's really nice. We, uh, you know, with um, uh, we we're supporting this great band. So how how can it not be good? You know. Agreed. You agree? <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, it's been a long time coming. This. Uh, tour with you guys on uh, we asked you like two years ago I think for our last album fire music and uh, there's a problem in your band there's a guy who's moonlighting or doing double duty yeah, and sometimes that coincides with Audrey Horn yeah he's a two-timer yeah classic two-timer yeah cheating guy yeah so um, uh, no we were really happy when when we were able to do it now mm-hmm. finally because it was with a heavy heart we had to turn you down you know yeah well how is that with Icedale in in enslaved on guitar and Audrey Horn and guitars on enslaved how is that juggling all that and is he always constantly on tour <laughs> he is always on tour uh, uh, more or less um, he's not much home uh, anyway but now it's uh, it takes a bit of planning but you know if you you know we're grown-ups mm-hmm. we're, we're able to make plans some of us at least yeah so. Thing I gathered from you is you guys are pretty um, organized and you got your shit together. Yeah, well, that's you're one of the few people who actually say that. So um, I, th- I think we do. We we always have this idea that every other band is way more organized and way more professional than we are. <laughs> than we're just a bunch of, of of clowns running around playing rock music. But but I think. I think we got our shit together, pretty mm. much. Yeah. So one of the one of the things that uh, got me to go, hey, you know, maybe you should come on the podcast, is that uh, people who kind of listen to this podcast regularly, semi regularly, <clears throat> they know that uh, it also moonlights as a kiss podcast. So you and I had a few kiss discussions on this tour already. 
two weeks in and uh, I said hey let's talk about KISS um, and you come on the podcast so one of the things that you turned me on to that you told me about was Peter Chris does these guided tours this is probably something that most KISS fans know but I had no idea and you have a friend who was on one of these Peter Chris shows uh, yeah. tours yeah 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 I have uh, I haven't I haven't I just briefly texted with him about it, so I, I need to talk to him when I get back home and, and, and find out more about what it is. But apparently it's Peter Chris, he, 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 he does this guided tour and show people where, where, you know, where they rehearsed and where they did gigs and this and that. And, and then he tells, like, stories about, you know, like, like stuff that probably people don't know. So um, I mean, I'd love to be on that tour. I would love to see the guided tour of Peter Chris. Now, is this in Los Angeles? Yeah, he, he did one in Los Angeles, and and I think he's doing one now in June in New York, which um, I, you know, it's uh, I I would go for the New York one. Yeah, yeah, you know definitely. where where they started out, and uh, but but um, it's probably it's probably a cool thing. You probably get to hear a lot of. Uh, interesting stories about how how uh, how much of an asshole Gene Simmons was to him and or maybe not maybe he's maybe he's polite and and does the well they've all really kind of shat on each other at this point but I kind of think have you read all the autobiographies no not all of them I read uh, I read uh, is Freelius and I read uh, Paul Stanley's and uh, and I read some uh, a bunch of like kiss in, in general but I have not read Peter Chris's and not Gina Simmons Peters is cr the craziest I think Paul's is uh, I think the most realistic and the one I like the best but Peters he really I mean if he didn't tell if he left stuff out he surely put a lot of stuff in that was incriminating to him too he doesn't really come out very likable at the end although I don't know if he realizes that or not but uh yeah I, I would love to just hear any shit talking anyways but you, the thing is you are a huge bigger Kiss fan than I am because you have some Kiss tattoos I have Kiss tattoos but I think I, I, I don't think that makes me a bigger fan i think that's uh, a commitment man it's Lifetime a commi yeah, commitment yeah it's a commitment it is. i can sell my records yeah well i, I can i can sell my body man <laughs> come on it's not a problem no um but you uh, you know you, uh, with the lecture you did and and that that's that was that's taking kiss nerding to a, a whole other level it's true it is another level but i mean getting a tattoo now uh you're a tattoo artist by by profession yeah did you do that yourself no I didn't I didn't uh, I have one in the back of my neck it would have been oh, extremely hard, hard to do myself no it was uh, one of my co-workers an American uh, woman called Sandy she did that and then there's I have one Paul Stanley on my thigh that was the one I was referring to yeah you, you know, could have done that yeah yeah I'm probably not as good because this is what it was done by um, a guy called Uncle Al in Berlin. Okay. Yeah. So he uh, and he. Uh, I can't. When, a known when I, guy. Really. Yeah. Yeah. In, in the in the, in the in tattoo the, world. Yeah. In the tattoo world, he's a known guy. And uh, the cool thing is that he was like he he liked Kiss. He's not like a big fan, but he really liked Kiss. But his his favorite like soundtrack in the world is 
is uh, War of the Worlds. So he keeps listening to that one, and it, that's very like yeah, bombastic. Yeah, stuff. very yeah. bombastic. So we were sitting there and talking, and I, I was he wanted to play that, and I said to him, "Dude, have you heard the Elder?" And he was like, "No." So I put on the Elder, and the Elder sort of has a bit of that. Right. And he, he totally Dramatic fell, vibe. Yeah, he totally fell in love with that album. Really? That's, I, I feel the Elder is uh, going through um, a resurgence in popularity. It, it, yeah, because when it came out, it was, uh, for many, many years, it was hated. I was but, one of those people. Yeah, yeah. But, but now, uh, I loved it back then. But I loved anything. Kiss could do right. whatever they right. wanted. Right. I loved everything they did. I was not very uh, uh, critical to what whatever Kiss was doing, but but now people are, are going like yeah it's a, it's actually quite a good album, so I, I think it's sort of um, it got over uh, when people got over uh, being embarrassed about it uh, when you know when they grew up and was like you don't have to be embarrassed about stuff you like right then people were like yeah well it's kind of cool actually right. I get that whole thing. Hey, you know, it's getting cold. It's getting cold. It was at this time that Toshi and I decided to uh, take the podcast indoors. And it continues from here onward. Well, yeah. So you got the Paul Stanley uh, tattoo on your your leg. So does that make you, because I am, does that make you a member of Team Paul? I, I'm very much uh, a Team Paul uh, guy. And, and like you said, when I, I read his biography, I, I actually, I didn't read it. I bought the audio book right. that Paul reads himself. Yeah, yeah, I've so heard much, it. So much more fun. Yeah, I've, I've heard, I've read it and I've heard it. And it's, uh, it's great. Both it, are great. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, when, you, uh, when you read that, I, uh, I, th- I think, you know, every, no, nobody's perfect. But I think Paul is, he's the, he's the guy who's m- more down to earth mm-hmm. he's not as uh, as um, uh, a own asshole as Gene Simmons seemed to be and and it's freely and Peter Chris you know they they're pretty much fuck ups in on many levels <laughs> but Paul, Paul Stanley he's uh, he seems like a cool cool guy I, I think yeah he is. as normal as you can be being like a, a, a the singer of one of the biggest bands that ever was mm, yeah you're you're Reality is really heightened. It's another kind of reality, whether he is aware or not. But I think he is. In a, in yeah, and he, he seems to have uh, he seems to have a lot of um, uh, self irony and, mm. and 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 are able to to step outside and and look at himself. Like there's one part in the book where where he when, when he met his wife when she. When she moves in with him, and mm-hmm. he has this like big um, right. picture painted of on, of himself, uh, and he he wants to paint her into that picture because it's a picture of him and his son, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. But yeah, I remember and he he was like he was like yeah, I'm gonna have you painted in that picture, and she's like, dude, what? what the, who who puts this on the wall? You have to paint over this. You can't have this. <laughs> You know, you can't just wake up and look at yourself like that. You know. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure his wife has uh, some some uh, job in grounding him to a certain degree as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, with that tattoo, you're you are a tattoo artist. How'd you get into tattooing? This is something intrinsic with rock and roll. You're the singer of a rock and roll band. It goes hand in hand almost. Um, how long and how? Well, um, I've always been fascinated by tattoos. 
I remember like the I remember the first time I, I was fascinated by it. It was, it was, of course, the Paul Stanley's Rose. That was because I saw that as yes. a kid, you know, and, and and that was one of the only tattoos in rock and roll at, yeah. for a long time. Yeah, and then and, and 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 I saw that and I liked it, but it was sort of it didn't. Uh, it was just a, like a small cool thing. But I remember when when Iron Maiden uh, made their um, Power Slate album. I read a, a, a Swedish magazine that we could buy in Norway uh, called OK. And um, there was uh, like uh, there was a story there about uh, about the production r recording of that album, and they did it in Bahamas. So there were pictures of them on the beach with palm trees and stuff, mm -hmm. and they had gotten tattoos like Steve Harris and 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 Dave Murray and uh, Adrian Smith. I think they all had like like. A, Dave Murray has like a, a unicorn and some weird stuff. They had these, and that was when I was like, holy shit, that is cool. Yeah, back then you could remember the guys who had them. Yeah. Because there was, no one was getting them. No, no, no. So, so um, but then, then I, uh, you know, I, I grew up and I went to art schools and, and I had a plan of, of um, doing, um, illustrations and stuff like that because I did a lot of that for other bands like for t-shirts and and uh, and artwork for albums for for local bands friends and stuff um, and, and then I, and then I I'd started getting tattoos myself so, so I had a tattoo studio that I went to and at one point I was like why am I not doing this this is perfect for me I, I'm I'm good at drawing and and I play in a rock band mm -hmm. this is because like you said they sort of fit together mm. um, so uh, but it was actually quite late because I worked with illustration and stuff like that before so I started tattooing maybe 16 17 years ago now okay so uh, but it but it was uh, it was not something that I was as a kid like you know you grow up and you want to be a firefighter or, or, or a police officer or whatever. It wasn't like that. I, did, I didn't, I had no idea. I think when I was a kid, I didn't, I didn't know that this was something you could do. Right. You know, tattoos was just something some people had. Well, it's, I'd say only in the last 20 years, tattoos have suddenly exploded. Yeah. And I mean, it's crossed over into the mainstream where, you know, soccer moms have you know, tattoos and, and uh, armbands and what have you. Mm. Um, and so, obviously, that helps your job. You get a steady stream of people who, maybe 20 years ago, that kind of person wouldn't have walked into a tattoo parlor yeah. because of the stigma of it being like, oh, only this kind of, oh, these dirty people get it and all this stuff. That was a stigma, but now it's like everybody gets them. It is, and, and, and that's sort of the the good and the bad side of tattooing right. because of course as a most tattoo artists are are happy that that the, there's a lot of work for them out there yeah. you know uh, but at the same time you it kind of loses the edge right it's uh, it's because like earlier when when you saw someone with like especially someone with many tattoos you were Scared like holy shit, shit who's that yeah you know? but today it's like He's probably a bartender, or he works at the Levi store, you know. Yep. So, um, so that that's sort of the sad thing that it 
that it's it's not it's not special anymore you know it's like but but then again you know i have i have a few tattoos and and um i i think it it to me i look the way i want to look you know and 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 as you say if a sakama or 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 a bank manager for that matter has tattoos they normally have different style of tattoos so really yeah so um but but if you, if you if you go to a, like i said if you go to to a bar or to a, a levi store then uh, the guy behind that could be a rock star or he could be a sailor or whatever you know it's mm. it that's all sort of blended together and do you have any tattoos that you regret having no i have tattoos that i probably wouldn't have tattooed today but that was Life. yeah that was then you know so I, I don't, I'm, I'm not gonna cover any of my tattoos or I hardly redo them e either because it, I like it when they're like, when they've been worn, right. you know, they shouldn't look fresh all the time. Right. It, those were the ones that scared the shit out of me the most when I was a kid is those kind of worn down, yeah. almost like handmade, like just kind of in a garage or something. Those were scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and like, like the old, like old sailor guys, they you know they made it with. Uh, often they didn't make it with uh, machines. They just used needles, and they used mm. uh, shoe cream or shoe polish or whatever, right. which is black. And then they just used uh, used alcohol to thin it out right. until it got like liquid enough to to use it as as ink. Right. And of course, your body. That's why they look. Not it was black then, but now they're like green, bluish. That's because your body rejects stuff it doesn't want. Or but even that looks cool. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think I, I love that. Yeah. I've had we had one guy who came into our shop and he wanted to fix an old tattoo and he showed it and it was like it was kind of hard to see what it was and everything. And it turned out that he'd gotten it from like this legendary old now deceased tattoo artist that was based in in Copenhagen and we were like dude that's you're like a museum man you can't you can't freshen that up that's like that that is it's it's like having the first press of the first kiss album you know right. you don't go and change it into a cd or whatever you right. know you, you keep it like that right right oh that's very interesting now you're talking to somebody who has no tattoos. Yeah, I have none. No, no. But that you know, being in a rock band today, the most the most like rock and roll thing you can do in a rock band today is not to have a tattoo. That's what I've been saying yeah, for years. Everyone's got it. Yeah, yeah. When I noticed the trend starting to take hold, I was like, ah, now would be the time to get it, yeah. but also the time to never get it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and over the years, I will say there's been a few where I've gone, wow, that's fucking cool like i i could see myself having that yeah you know but if there was one it would be this paul stanley the paul stanley yes yeah. yeah and that would be it yeah I'm, i talked to the, the guy who did um alan the guy who did paul stanley on my uh, thigh and we talked about that because he you know he grew up he also had that memory of, of that paul stanley yeah man and i said that well you know i should almost have it but i said that i, I can't covered? have it here because oh. it's the whole thing covered he was like fuck it 
blast over. Just, just do it on top of the other, just to have it. I was like, nah, no, I don't think so. But uh, yeah, you had to keep it clean to have that whole. But my my Paul Stanley is 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 a portrait of Paul Stanley, and then this big rose underneath it because right. Paul Stanley and roses sort of belong together. Yeah. Now, have you tattooed? Because you know, in tattoo parlors in Toronto, I notice. When they tattoo someone famous, they take a photo of the person and then they put it in the window. Have you done anyone of note? Well, I've tattooed uh, I've, I've tattooed people uh, that are are famous, but I don't have a picture of them uh, in in the shop. No, I don't. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I tattooed uh, Hank von Helveten. No way. Yeah, I did. That's super cool. Uh, I actually that's a, that's a cool story because uh, my wife. Um, Hank was married to my wife's sister. Okay. So we, you know, we, right, we got together for like holidays and and stuff like that, and and so you guys were brothers-in-laws. Yeah, we were, and um, and then uh, me and my wife, we live in Bergen, and and they lived in Oslo. He's he's not married to her anymore, but uh, he he got divorced and remarried. But but anyway, they lived in Oslo back then, and he called me. Because me and my wife was going to Oslo, and he called me and he said, uh, "Dude, can you bring your tattoo kit over, and and tattoo me?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And um, part of this story is that when when I met my wife, her mom, my, my mother-in-law, she she was like, "That was that was the one thing that would make uh, her cut her daughter out of her will was if she got any tattoos because mm-hmm. that was just like." She hated tattoos, so when I uh, when when Hunk uh, asked me to come bring my tattoo kit, uh, kid, I, I did that, and I said to him, "Okay, so um, we have you know I don't have a shop in Oslo, so we have to do it like in, in your kitchen or something." And he was like, "No, dude, we're doing it in our mother-in-law's kitchen, because she has to face her demons." Oh my god! <laughs> and I, I, I said like as I went. Oh my yeah, God! Yeah, yeah. Um, are you sure about this? And he was like, "Yeah, this gotta happen. She has to face her demons." So uh, as I said, "Cool, but you, you're you're gonna be the one who asks or, or tells her." And uh, he was like, "You sure? I will." So he went to her and said that this is gonna happen. You know, you have to you have to face your demons. And so very uh, reluctantly, she 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 agreed to this. And um, so I sat in her kitchen tattooing Hunk uh, wow. while she was standing. From like on a good distance and watching it with a very skeptical look in her eyes, and then uh, she uh, she kind of, as we did it, she kind of slowly started moving towards us and, and started looking and was like, "What do you do this and what do you do that?" and and she was like, "Oh, okay, so you do it like this? Oh, I didn't know." Blah blah blah. And then uh, like afterwards, she was like, "Wow, what, this was really interesting." And and uh, like now she's like. When I get a new tattoo, she's like, "Ooh, that's really nice," and she totally changed her her viewing of of uh, tattooing be, because of yeah. Well, she's been exposed to a lot of tattoos with me and and seen she sees when, when I post my my work and stuff like that. So, but that was um, that was uh, Hunk was like that was his his way of wow of um, making her face her demons. Well, we all I think we all know Hank's got some balls on him. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so this is an interesting thing with your mother-in-law. Now, when she first found out her daughter was going out with you, you obviously had tattoos. How was that like? Well, um, 
She, uh, or, you know, her daughter was grown up, so there was like not much she could do about it. But, but I asked her after a while, and I was like, so, uh, what, I asked her, what did you think when you know when you saw me? And she was like, um, you know, you have met my other uh, son-in-law. Hank, there's really nothing you yeah. could have done that would have like <laughs> yeah. shocked me. You actually, yeah, you. He kind of opened the door for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To put it that way. Okay, so he was first. Yeah, he was first. Right. Yeah. yeah after Hank, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. You. I can pretty much, much immune to. Yeah. Anyone. Yeah. 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 That's pretty funny. Well, that's 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 really cool. So Hank is definitely someone of note. So what is the tattoo? If anyone was to kind of Google an image of Hank. Um, that tattoo is actually uh, he the goes one topless. You know? Yeah, the one that I did on him was uh, I actually um, f sort of finished. It, it was a tattoo that had been started, but the guy that did it, something happened to him. I, I, I don't know what, but he, he stopped tattooing mm. uh, and couldn't tattoo anymore. Uh, I don't know why, but uh, so he asked me if I could sort of finish it and, uh, and add some stuff to it and, and make it look good. And it was like a, it was like a, a, a knight or a crusader or something like that. Where is it on Hank? It's on his arm, on his okay. upper arm. Cool. Mm. Anyone else? Uh, I, there's gotta be. Yeah, yeah, you know, I tattooed a lot of like rock musicians, but um, a lot of, most of them are, 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 are locals. I tattooed one of the guys in, in um, uh, sh legendary Shack Shakers, if you heard them, American oh, band. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. heard of them. I tattooed the guitar player there, uh, uh, and uh, I tattooed like uh, like in in Bergen, people from uh, from uh, black metal bands there. So like uh, Hates Almighty, I tattooed uh, Eva from Enslaved. Uh, I tattooed um, gee, who else? Uh, bunch of these guys really mm. well bergen is like ground zero for black metal i yeah. suppose yeah so a lot of them and and some of course a lot of musicians that are more like famous in in norway uh, kaisers orchestra oh okay yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 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 really famous yeah they are yeah oh i love bergen we've been it's playing nice there city. yeah playing there for years we played at the garage uh, back in 01 and uh we still play that club when we go there because yeah. we like it there. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, uh, it's kind of like we just did. Uh, they had um, they had sort of a, a benefit show because the club has been uh, struggling a bit. Uh, oh, well, it, it's it, you know clubs in general are struggling more because uh, it's harder the competition. There's a lot of like big shows that's like because Bergen used to be a place where there were no big shows. There were just like small club bands who played there um, and, and, and bigger acts but they played at those clubs and then these days they have like Metallica and Bruce Springsteen playing there and so it I think I, I guess it's just um, uh, the fact that that club uh, has been exposed to so much competition so they're they've been struggling mm -hmm. so it, there was like this uh, thing called seven seven days in the garage where oh. bands played for a week, like every night, there would bunch of bands who play there, and uh, and uh, I play there, and and 
because as like I said on stage, I, I have to do this because this is this is sort of where I grew up. Uh, I grew up as a musician. It was it's where I went to see all the like the first like really cool shows that I got to see. Uh, that was there, and and that's where we hung out as musicians and met other musicians and and formed bands and broke up bands and got drunk and and uh, so. Um, to me, that club is very special. And uh, f from a different perspective, me too. Like for us, it was on our first tour mm. of Europe. So I was pretty wide-eyed and uh, pulling up to Bergen. I didn't know where the hell I was, <laughs> you know. Got out of the uh, the old van that we were touring in and uh, met Martin Holmes. Martin and Holmes. He's, he's there in Bergen. And whenever we're in Bergen, we ha usually in Norway, Anywhere we usually end up with a, a visit with Martin. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's one of my best friends. Mm, he's, you're uh, saying, yeah, yeah, he's he's a brilliant guy. I Takes in, good care of us. In yeah, I played in bands, several bands with him over the years, and uh, and we always, you know, we always hang out. We always go out for drinks. We go on holidays together. We yeah, he's he's a great guy with a big heart, and he's and he's very passionate about everything he does especially these days security he's uh, mm -hmm. and he's really good at it so um so he's kind of become uh, the guy in norway to go to when it comes to crowd management and safety yeah that's where we last saw him i think at the uh, volbeat show we played in in bergen yeah we opened for volbeat in bergen and there he was mm. i think he was doing exactly that yeah, he does that. And, <coughs> and and barbecues. I follow him on Instagram. Great barbecues. Yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> whenever, dishes. Whenever you go to him, uh, you you're pretty sure uh, that you're going to have a, a a great meal. Yeah, yeah right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, the first time we went to uh, uh, Norway. I mean, we we were in the garage in um in Bergen, and I'll never forget it. Like, you know, I'm coming from Canada. You know, yeah, it is what it is being a rock band in Canada. We get in Norway and in Scandinavia, and it's like beautiful women, beautiful people in general everywhere. And the, I'll never forget the garage. There was this one girl, and she was, in my mind's eye, I remember her to be extremely attractive. And she's wearing a helicopter shirt. She's in the front row. I'm like, what is this place? Like, where I'm from, girls don't wear helicopter shirts and go to rock shows. Like, really hot girls don't do this. Like, what, what is going on here? No one even know. Like, helicopters, like, I, I hadn't really kind of clued in that, well, helicopters are from next door in Sweden. And, yeah. and I, I just was like, wow, this is amazing. And I'll never forget that garage show because of that girl. Yeah. Very, uh, I remember, we remember that tour very well. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, that was great. That was great. So this uh, tour is winding down, man. It is. Fucking really short and sweet. Yeah, it's been really fun. And it's been like every show has been totally packed and people are really, really happy. And yeah. so it's, it's perfect. Yeah, great for me. Great for me as well. All right, thanks Toshi for being on the podcast and uh, have a good show tonight, man. You too, man. <laughs>
Let's go.